everyone and welcome to the Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host Romy Adair and in this podcast we get into the nitty gritty parts and experiences that are often had during the journey to become a professional dancer. Chatting to dancers in training and professional from all around the world creating one safe space that can be shared by many. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. In today's episode I'm joined with Felicia Anderson. Hi Felicia. Hi, I'm very happy to be here. I'm good, I'm good. How are you? (laughs) Good, good. Um, Okay, fab. I think we should get, we'll get straight on into it. Um, Mm -hmm. So Felicia, what's your kind of like background in starting dance? How did you start? You know, just give the listeners a bit of an introduction about yourself and your training just so they get an idea. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, my name is Felicia. I am from Sweden. I'm from Stockholm. Um, I started dancing when I was like four, I think, um, very much the typical, like, I like music. I like moving. And my parents put me in dance, just like they put me in soccer and they put me in like a bunch of different things. Um, and then I kind of, I really, really liked it already from like my first class. Um, like my mom has really funny stories of like all the other kids kind of you know, just doing their own thing and talking with each other. And I was always so focused and like, I wanted to, I was always, you know, standing in the front line. Um, And so I kept, I kept with it. And I'm from like quite far outside of Stockholm. Like I'm I'm not from the city. Um, So once I got older, the kind of, I couldn't take baby ballet class at my local studio anymore. So I had to transfer to a slightly bigger studio closer to the city. And then when I was 10, we um or I guess nine we got um we found out about the Royal Swedish Ballet School which is like the biggest ballet school in in the country and um well none of my parents are dancers but when my mom saw it and she knew how much I really liked my ballet classes she was like well you know why not just like audition give it a shot Mm -hmm. so I went um I went on the final audition day was on my birthday when I turned 10 (laughs) and I got my acceptance letter and I was so surprised. Like I really didn't see it coming because I, I remember like some of the other girls that I talked to at the auditions were like, were very focused and they really, really wanted this. And they had been planning this for so long. And maybe they had older siblings who were at the school mm-hmm. um, and they danced maybe like three or four days a week. And I'd been taking like one hour of ballet every Saturday morning for fun. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so I was surprised, but I was very happy. And then I remember, um, I decided to go because uh, we. I remember my my parents and I were arguing that you know if I start at the Royal Swedish Ballet School and I don't like it I can always quit but doing the other way around if I change my mind in the year I, I might not ever get this chance again. Yeah. So I started and I've been at that school. I mean I've had to re audition every third year, um, but I've been I've stayed at the school and now this is my final my ninth and final year, um, mm-hmm. and for as as. Um, my the upper school at, at my school is kind of built that way that we do all of our academic studies the first two years and then the year that I'm in right now third final year I have an apprenticeship with a professional company and I'm very um, thrilled to be an apprentice with the Royal Swedish Ballet here in Stockholm so that's where what I've been up to this year. Ooh, that sounds so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I, I always find it so interesting listening to like other dancers journeys and like their training and like what like I can't imagine what it must be like like being 
like from 10 because I mm. only started vocational training at 16 so like mm-hmm. quite, like so quite late um how did you find like being in the same environment from the age of 10 to now like has that been strange or do you feel like I don't know like I feel it's going to be different yeah no yeah I think well obviously for me it is my normal like it's the only thing I know so I I, yeah. I really can't compare it to anything but yeah. I know that it's it's quite different from from a lot of students but I think a lot of students tend to you know start off at the small studio and then you know when you're maybe I don't know like around 14 or something you go into yeah. bigger school um but I kind of I'm in hindsight I'm so I feel so grateful to have been in that kind of safe environment since I was very little Mm-hmm. um so yeah I'm I'm for me it's been great but on the other hand I really can't compare it to anything yeah no of course, of course. <laughs> that's that, of course yeah um have you enjoyed your training like overall which is yeah yeah overall very much so I mean yeah. it's like of course um when when you have been at one school your whole life you can't help but at times wonder like what would would things have been different if I were in different places and I remember mm-hmm. when I was like 12 13 14 that kind of age like preteen I was obsessed with dance moms and I was obsessed with like dancing with the stars and so you think you can dance and all these like American tv shows mm-hmm. about competing and like the flashy costumes and all of that and I remember like I was the so drama <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like oh I wish I wish I was at like a small studio in the United States and I'd compete every weekend and like that was so I so I've definitely like thought about other paths but now in hindsight, I just feel, like I said, so grateful because when you're at a big school like that, my teacher's goals and my teachers and my director's goals have always been to make me like a strong, healthy dancer long-term. Mm-hmm. Like the goal isn't for me to win a medal when I'm 12. The goal is for me to be a professional dancer when I'm 20. Yeah. And that can be, for me, at least it was tricky when I was 12 and I really wanted to like do the flashy costumes and the like do the solos and everything. Yeah, but now I'm just like I feel incredibly grateful and like the teachers I've had at my school have been fantastic and I'm like I feel really lucky really Mm. to have been there so yeah I really like what you just said back there about like the goal was like you know to be a professional Mm. at 20 not like focusing on you know like the competition and like winning the Mm -hmm. gold medal at like that present moment and I think like I really relate to that because I'm currently like teaching at my old studio and oh, nice. something yeah it's nice it's good like I mean it's on zoom like on yeah oh, okay. <laughs> online yeah. but it's okay um yeah. but I think that's really important because as like for me I think in ballet like sometimes that's more like like you just said like when you're training in like a big school mm. teachers goals is more of a long term of like okay I wanted to get a job out of this and I wanted to I can't speak um finish mm-hmm. third year strong like the strongest they've been you know yeah like on the final yeah, year totally um and what I noticed is like when like going back and teaching at like a smaller mm-hmm. school is that sometimes like it can get so easy to get wrapped up in like oh the gold medals the med you know the mm-hmm. competitions the like mm-hmm. the flashy stuff rather than thinking oh okay like I want them to learn the lessons that they're learning now and be able to carry them in the next five six years right, right. like and I think that is the case but I think it's just kind of like I th- it just depends really it yeah just depends. but, I, but totally, I really I, yeah yeah I totally hear you because also like for me at least 13 and like being a preteen is, is a difficult age yeah, definitely. it really is and it's so hard at the time to work for something that you'll have in 10 years like when yes. I was 13 like I just wanted to be amazing right now I didn't 
I, it was it's hard to see the full picture you know I think that's the thing you know I think that's it mm. I think that's the reason why like it's so easy to get caught up in competitions mm-hmm. yeah it's so because it really for is. like when you're at that age it's so hard to see that far ahead yeah which is fine and, 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 yeah, yeah yeah which is yeah because it is a hard age and like when you're that young also um I don't know if it's someone who is that age maybe it's listening but it's you have to kind of remember what did what I didn't know is that when I am applying for jobs, no one is going to care if I was horrible or if I was the best in the world when I was 12. Like Thank no you. one, it, it doesn't matter. It really That's doesn't. That's literally what I'm saying to every student like that. I'm, teaching. Yeah. I'm like, you're, so you're marking your exam that you're going to be crying over in like two months time. Isn't actually going to matter in like five or six no, years time. Maybe even really like, isn't. or like the, you know, the medal that you get at a competition, Mm-hmm. like they're not like long term it's not no. worth the energy that goes yeah. into stressing and crying and worrying yeah. about oh so and so's got a gold medal and I got a silver medal therefore they're better than me no that's not mm-hmm. how it works no it no really you don't isn't. write that on your cv like no <laughs> yeah yeah totally I think that's so important like yeah I don't know like it d- will vary like my audience is quite varied but I that's mm-hmm. something that I like when I'm teaching, I'm very like I I tell them, I remind them. Mm-hmm. I'm like, guys, no one is going to in five years time, no one's going to care what medal you got. Okay, if you got no medal, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean anything. Like, and no. this has come from someone because I when I did competitions, mm-hmm. and I did not do very well at all. Mm-hmm. Like I'm listening to people getting like golds and silvers. I was like, nah, didn't place. But I'm the one who's still dancing out of all those people. Right, right, right. I'm yeah. the one who's like, like I've had contracts that have slipped through because of COVID. I'm not trying to like put myself on a pedestal. No, no, I just, but it's, like, true, it's so true. Yeah. Easy to think in the moment when you're 10, 11, 12, 13, mm-hmm. 14, that because you're not placing, you're never going to be a good dancer. No, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean anything. Okay? No, like, no. Yeah. Don't think like that. It's and not and even like, I, I'm sure this will haunt me forever, but really now I'm in like my final semester at a school and hopefully next season I'll be you know working or in a trainee program or something and what I my biggest goal this semester is the basics it's placement of my hips Mm -hmm. footwork and like my posture and it's all things that if I would have really really focused and worked on them when I was 11 and 12 then maybe I wouldn't be focusing on this right now. But when I was 11, all I cared about was doing my overslits and like posting it on social media. So it's like, I really wish I would have known. I mean, everything happens, I guess. I, I try to tell myself like that happened for a reason and I got a lot from from that time. But it's, yeah, yeah. I don't think you understand when you're that little how, how important the foundation that you're building then is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the medals and the flashy, everything kind of, yeah, that you think is important won't be that yeah. important if that makes literally. sense I feel like I'm rambling a lot but <laughs> no no that's literally what that's that's so funny because that's another thing that I've been so onto like my mm-hmm. students about is like that particularly like their pelvic alignment and like working mm-hmm. on like their turnout and strengthening their turnout but just like basic like I'm like mm-hmm. I don't want to see you do a crap pirouette that's like turned in on a bent leg that doesn't impress me mm-hmm. and I'd rather don't try and do four of those because they're yeah. crap like yeah. you're wasting your yeah. time even pretending to do it like yeah I don't yeah. know like I see like I see the kids do the funniest things and I'm like <laughs> <sighs> yeah I know but it's so important because I feel yeah. like 
when you're that age you don't yeah like you just said you don't want to be focusing on the basic stuff because no, it's boring no. it's yeah yeah not it's impressive and, on social yeah. media it's not impressive yeah that's like, what I was gonna say I mean now maybe I'm going a little bit off topic but it's just no, it's social media as well it's like I feel like we're one of the first generations who've had that pressure and I think it's, yeah. it's really difficult to go into the studio and work on your turnout when you've been scrolling through Instagram for an hour and seeing kids your age do seven pirouettes and yeah. fantastic leaps like it's at least for me, that was very No, challenging. oh, I completely relate to that. Too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's really difficult. And I think it's, and yeah, I mean, we can talk about like other stuff in a sec, but like, mm. yeah, I think navigating that and kind of like not feeling the pressure and like comparing, you know, yourself to like younger dancers doing crazy things mm-hmm. on social media. So, I'm, and then this is something that I guess has like helped me with kind of like managing all that mm. is, like a lot of dancers that I might have started following on social media say, like, I don't want to name people because I think everyone has their own right to leave dance or like, not yeah. leave, but like, you know, stop dancing yeah. if it isn't making them happy anymore. But there's a lot of people that I followed back in the day, like when I was 13, 14, 15, mm. who like when social media was just like kicking off were, you know, posting like, you know, crazy turning videos, whether it be on point mm. on flat, like crazy leaps, kicks, like tricks everywhere. Mm-hmm. most of them aren't dancing anymore like and I'm yeah. not like this is not like a you know that's all to their own thing but I'm just I yeah, think yeah. like we have to when you're a dancer like you like in yourself you have to think like long term and you've got yeah. you can't yeah. let these external things right it's just proof, like that. I mean no one has to dance and it's I'm sure yeah. they made the right decision but it's just yeah. proof that doing temp here at some point when you're like 14 isn't doesn't automatically mean that you're going to be the best when you're 24 or 34 or 44 exactly yeah yeah and I think it's really important to remember that like because it's like it's easy to get sucked into it all yeah it really is it's yeah yeah and it's like we we don't really have that many role models to look up to who were like I went through I know it's hard and you know but I I pulled through because we're kind of the first ones having to navigate all of this yeah like we're exactly. so exposed to like everything like the best we yeah. can see anyone do like we can see the best of the best winning all these big competitions um which is fantastic because it's you know wonderful inspiration but it's also like hard to not compare yourself constantly yeah yeah and I think another thing with that like get I guess like what you just said about not you know knowing what people are going through like the hardships of like mm. You know, and I think that's also like for our generation is becoming a bit more like open and having conversations about yeah. our training because I think before like there was social media, you wouldn't know what someone on the other side of the world was dealing with, if that makes sense. Right. Like how right. they yeah. were like coping with their training. So it's so much easier to feel alone. And I don't know like what dancers thought about like themselves no. in that way. Like I've known yeah. it, but like I think it's really interesting like now like having these sort of conversations and like you know there's so many accounts and there's people doing podcasts and there's just conversations that are happening Mm -hmm. which is amazing because I think it's kind of opening up the idea that behind all that like kind of perfect you know pirouettes leaps like point work Mm -hmm. like yeah I don't know like behind like the perfect side of ballet is actually like more than people realize yeah yeah true true and I think like social media is very easy to show the like the prettiness of it I guess if that makes sense yeah yeah 
but then it's so great to be having like conversations like these mm-hmm. and other ones and there's so many people who are like trying to like break that if that makes sense mm-hmm. totally and yeah, yeah actually, totally. like there's actually all this stuff that goes on behind mm-hmm. the picture yeah and, yeah totally and I think and that's really both, good both yeah I think both um physically and also mentally you you kind yeah. of realize that okay I'm not the only one struggling yeah like it's, it's exactly. difficult for everyone yeah exactly so let's go on to talking about like your transition from being a student because you're only last year, but you're also mm-hmm. an apprentice with right. Swedish. How has that transition been? And also like it's been during COVID, like how that must have been tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How's that um, been? Well, it's, it's been like first and foremost, very inspiring and uh, like a joy, like it's been fun. Yeah. Um, to be at the opera house here in Stockholm and it's it's been very inspiring to see how the professional dancers work like mm-hmm. because you know you see them on stage and you see the final result yeah. and being able to see their work in progress has been really inspiring and I'm really going to try to take with me to work smart not necessarily harder always but work yes. smarter yes um, but as you're saying like with COVID it's, it's definitely been tricky because you know performances have been canceled and um and stuff but I which is why I felt very uh, lucky to because my apprenticeship is here in Stockholm whenever I haven't been able to be with the company I've been able to go back to school and train with the okay. students who are the class below below me yeah so I mean it's been I mean at some some points like last um spring the school was close as well but for now like the, this whole fall and now it's open so mm-hmm. for instance this week um I've been with the school so I mean even though of course it's really fun to be with the company and and you know see everyone and stuff I think the most important thing is that I'm continuing to dance and learn yeah. and train and yeah, wherever exactly. I can do that it's great so, mm-hmm. yeah that's been really also, good I'm, yeah oh sorry yeah. no sorry I was just gonna add because also the school we're gonna have like um some performances in March probably without audience but I will still be on stage that's so, exciting. I mean I and you know I still have something to work on and we're doing Serenade which I love oh. and some other pieces that I love so uh, having that to work on plus you know sometimes being able to be at the opera and take company class and and be in rehearsal even though I'm not cast in anything has been like it's for me it's really been a perfect mix of both of them yeah that sounds amazing like I'm just thinking about <laughs> it's crazy because like I I said this before we started recording but like we're in like still in lockdown in the UK and nothing's open yeah and nothing's gonna be open till March oh my god I feel so bad no don't feel bad but it literally sucks um but I'm just like living my dream through your dream (laughs) oh yeah I'm just I'm I'm like oh that must be amazing (laughs) (laughs) yeah no I'm very lucky and yeah especially oh, but that like, sounds that sounds bad yeah whenever the company has been closed I've been able to go to school, go to school so yeah. It's, yeah that's yeah fantastic. yeah nah, but it's okay no that sounds <laughs> how have you found like has a transition has it been weird like so, like so you were in school and then like now you're doing stuff like even if you're not performing mm. with the professionals but even like doing class and like being around I don't know like how was that like I did you feel intimidated like I felt I feel like it's so easy to be like oh my god like I don't belong here I don't know yeah but like for sure for sure but I think actually because well when the when I first came in the company like the first few weeks there also my very first day I had class with the director um so at then I was like you know I felt very intimidated but I kind of very quickly actually got over it 
I don't know mm -hmm. if it's because I don't know I'm just not really expecting anything in the future so I'm just like well the only thing that matters is that I'm here now and I get yeah. to take class with this fantastic company and yeah. I get to be in their rehearsal and I'm just That's gonna fun. like make the most out yeah. of it today mm -hmm. um and yeah I just don't really think that much about anything else I think that's <laughs> I think that's really good because I think it's so easy to like you know be that environment and be like oh my God. I don't know like set yourselves expectations of like what could happen but then like yeah because we're in a time right now where literally anything could happen in the sense yeah. that like <laughs> this whole COVID thing is like like you don't know I don't know if it's gonna like you're gonna lose, you might be put into a lockdown then everyone yeah. loses. like you can't yeah. um you never know you never know what's going to happen. And I think it's so, it, like, for me, like, I kind of, in the whole idea of, like, not expecting things and, like, I don't know, like, I've had a few things coming up, like, recently, the mm. event, like, I've, like, I wasn't, it's like, I had to just, like, live in the day by day and not, like, think yeah. too far ahead because then it's like, it, well, I don't know what's going to happen next week. Anything could happen. Mm. And then that's, that is what it was like. We were yeah. into a lockdown and then things went, totally. Oh, no, things yeah. are not happening and, anymore. Yeah. And even with the performances that we're going to have at school, even though like, yeah. I'm pretty sure we'll be able to have them because they're without audience. Um, yeah. I, I kind of, it's, it's been refreshing to go into every rehearsal for like Serenade or for whatever else we're, or for yeah. something else. Like we're doing Sabat Matzo by um, Sir Robert Cohen, who's British. Nice. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but I've been going into every rehearsal with this mindset of like, okay, I, I, I don't know if everything shuts down tomorrow, I won't get to perform these pieces. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, make the most out of it today which yeah. is really that's really fab thinking yeah yeah that's, yeah I think that's, that's really helped. good also that's helped with the you know because it is scary to be around when you're at a company and you know these people are incredible dancers and mm. so kind of shifting the mindset of like they're so good so I'm going to learn from them instead of they're so good I'm never going to be as good as them kind of and I think that's kind of where it's really important to switch that mentality of like you so like comparison you know can be toxic but it can also be mm. really helpful it really can, like yeah. you know you can use someone who is you know maybe technically better artistic or well not better you know they've been training for longer they're a professional mm -hmm. but you can use that as inspiration as I'm going to see what they do to improve myself yeah and like build on that rather than thinking like you just said I'm never going to be like them because that's yeah. not helping your mindset like mm. that's not helping anyone yeah and it's not going to make anything better it's just going to make you feel yeah. worse about yourself so and I think that's I think, really good that you know it's important that you yeah <laughs> yeah and I think something that I'm like really proud of myself for doing is that I'm kind yeah. of getting so much better and realizing what's worth comparing and what's not worth comparing like yes. I I I'm really working on my feet, but they're very much not my strong side. And so I can look at some amazing principal feet and I can just be jealous that, you know, I wasn't born with feet like that. Or I can look at her musicality or like how she phrases something, her dynamics or like how she moves. And that is something that I can actively change within my dancing right now. Mm -hmm. Because like, I, I, I can't change the way like my body is structured overnight, unfortunately. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I can yeah, but I can take so much from the things that I am, the things that, yeah, like musicality and dynamics and, and movement qualities and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's really easy, like, as a dancer, when you're getting sucked into the stuff that you, you know, you see either on social media or that you see in real life of dancers and kind of it being very, like, bodily focused, 
mm. and like very like I guess like physique focused in terms of whether it be like oh you know their feet or you know their hyperextension or how flexible they are yeah. or how open that how open they have turned like I can't even speak but how like how their turnout <laughs> yeah. is um you know how high their leg goes like things like that it's so easy mm. to like I guess I get sucked into like I'm guilty of that all the time and I'm yeah, just same. you know wishing that I was like someone else in terms of like because for me that flexibility and turnout like I really struggle with and mm. like it's always just going to be a working process but also realizing that I've got things that make me me and there's things that I'm you know like realizing there's things yeah. you're, you're yeah. good at and that you can bring to the table in a like in a company in a dance situation if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah. and like you know and like you said try like changing but work I mean like working on the things that you can actively work on like musicality like even just like the artistry the way you move your arms Mm -hmm. the way you like present yourself when you come onto stage like little things that make so so Mm. much of a difference that like it's Mm -hmm. easy to forget up because forget they exist because they're not like glamorous they're not super impressive yeah but they're important Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah they're so important just a few weeks ago like I was before or after I'd had my own rehearsal at the, with the company, I, a principal was rehearsing in the studio next and she was, uh, she was doing one of the variations from Sweden Blanc. And mm-hmm. I remember I, I was watching her and the way she moved her head was just like, I was just like, I couldn't leave. I was just, I have to watch her because she was so beautiful. And it, I mean, this woman has amazing feet and turnout and, and, and all those <laughs> things, but that's not, <laughs> that's not what caught my attention. And when I went into my own class the next day, I was like, I'm going to think about like my, epo- how is it? Oh, the epomo? Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and, and that's what I, that's something that I could think about in the moment and actually yeah. change and, and, yeah instead of just being jealous of her feet for that's just an example yeah but it's so important to like Mm -hmm. you know to try and have that mindset and switch over from the negative comparison and be like oh i'm Mm. gonna be like her like oh like and the sad thing is and like to my younger listeners especially if you can like really try and like change that thought that like line of thinking while you're Mm. young because i wasn't thinking like that at 12 13 14 me neither and i think I don't want to say it ruined like it didn't ruin me but like it makes growing up and like that whole you know transitioning of you know your body changing but also like seeing other people change around you and like that whole like teenage like growing phase but also like Mm -hmm. then people like developing into like beautiful dancers and like people finding their like dance style and the way they Mm -hmm. move and it's a journey like to find like your movement and what works for you because I don't think you can find that I don't think you find that at like age 12 I think it takes no, a while yeah, to yeah yeah you know how you want to use your head how you want to use your arms how you want to mm. you know work with timing and like musicality but kind of try and start thinking about like if you're wanting to like when you're comparing yourself to another dancer which mm. I think has you know like we just said has its pros and cons yeah is, instead of thinking of it in like oh am I you know am I ever going to look like this am I ever going to have this turnout mm. am I ever going to have this devil pay like that's what I want but focusing yeah. on like the things that you can work on like quite actively yeah like, on a day-to-day and that, that are even literally able to change because yeah. some things unfortunately you just can't yeah yeah exactly mm. and 
I think when you're young, you think that you can change everything. I don't know. Like, yeah, you can well, change yeah. <laughs> to a degree. Like, yeah, like I remember, I don't know, like I was really unflexible and like it mm. took me ages to get the splits. I eventually yeah. got there. Like you can, str- yeah. like with things like that, like you can stretch, but like. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of like the little things that really make mm. people eye catching to watch, like you can mm. change that. It, that's like everyone's capable of like moving their head and finding a movement that works for them. That's yeah. you know beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got mm-hmm. that own thing. And I think, yeah, yeah. like you just, it's so important to yeah. like. And especially, know, yeah. Yeah. If you get so caught up in like, like stretching, for instance, that was also like a big thing for me. I was not mm-hmm. flexible when I started. Um, but it's those very, very much long-term goals. It's you kind of have to come to peace with that. They're not going to change overnight. Yes. You can work on them. And if you, I think if you like, I'm sure you haven't that I had also, if I had the patience and the, the work ethic to keep that up and mm-hmm. keep going from, I was like, you know, 10 until when I finally could do my splits when I was like 12 or something, 13, that, that shows so much character and it shows incredible drive and worth ethic, but it just, you kind of have to come to peace with that. You can't change it overnight. Yeah. It's a, it's so just like looking at someone's like amazing feet or high um, extension in class isn't unfortunately going to change anything for you, like with the snap of a finger. Yeah, exactly. Kind of yeah no that's actually that is it um Mm. and for me like it has taken like I have got to the point where I'm like I'm accepting that like my legs aren't going to get super like they're never going to be by my ear like that's I don't Mm. think that's actually physically impossible for it physically possible for my hips Mm. I've accepted that now (laughs) but I wish like I don't know yeah like I wish it because I think like for me that got me down for a long time because I was constantly comparing myself to people that could get their legs really high and I don't know why mm. I equated that as success except now I do just because at my previous school it was kind of definitely put up on a pedestal oh, and okay. yeah I was made like not made to feel bad but like I don't know just the way things worked in terms of yeah. like just the way the teachers like talked about it you know they'd mm. make comments and be like oh, yeah, yeah. we could like switch your hips Romy with someone who oh. had flexible hips and it's like that's now so I'm unnecessary just about my flexibility for the next 10 years like yeah <laughs> no, like things I, like I, that it's yeah, yeah I hated it this but is that just like a, a little side note but this is why I want to teach so badly because I I want to remember how much a small comment like that impacts a young dancer yeah. like it can completely ruin your mental health yeah 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 definitely <laughs> <laughs> I mean no that's I I've accepted it so it's kind of like fine but I just I yeah. think it's important to you know like realize try and realize that stuff like that isn't going to change overnight like you said when you're yeah. younger because yeah. otherwise you can just get caught up in or not hating yourself but like hating the fact that it isn't changing overnight yeah and that totally. causing a lot of distress so let's not mm. we don't need to worry about stuff like that it's okay no, no. <laughs> it's, it's okay not, and then yeah. I just wanted to say um because I realized now that your original question was about transitioning from student oh, yeah. to professional <laughs> it's fine um, don't worry about it <laughs> Um, yeah, something that I wanted to talk about is uh, what has definitely been the biggest challenge for me this year is I'm, I'm quite a people pleaser. And I think um, even more than being a people pleaser, I'm like an adult pleaser, a, a teacher pleaser, which I think is pretty common with, with dancers, young dancers, and we're kind of brought up in a system that encourages that. Yeah. And for me, this year, I've kind of had to shift my focus from 
um, just wanting to please my teachers to like, okay, but what are my own long-term goals? And yeah. it's not, I mean, I, I obviously still very, very much need my teacher's help to reach those goals. It's just that my own goals should be my number one priority and getting my teachers to like me can come second. Like yeah. that's not what I should be striving for only, yeah. which is, it sounds very obvious when I'm saying it, but it's really been like, um, it's, it's probably the biggest challenge for me right now to um, unlearn that yes. kind of behavior because yeah. also like for instance it, it, for me it's been very easy like if, if let's say my teacher says like um tie your legs then it's very easy for me to look like sacrifice my placement and my technique only to kind of whack my leg up higher and they say better Felicia and then you know I'm happy I'm pleased but in reality you know I sacrificed what I'm my own goal which is you know technique <laughs> and placement for their approval and, and it's just so easy to get caught up in these, at least for me, it's so easy to get caught up in these like short-term little approvals and that I kind of get <laughs> no, completely lost. You're not alone in that, don't goal. worry. <laughs> yeah, no, and I'm realizing it's really, mm. it's, it's not just me. And, and yeah. that's what I try to, because I, I had a little first out about this <laughs> earlier this week and I talked to my friend who's amazing and mm. we talked about it. We, we were like, this is not our fault. This is how we were brought up to function and think unfortunately yeah. and it just now going into the professional world it's like I, I just really need to re shift my focus but it's yeah. another uh, thing where I like I have to be patient I just have to like it's not going to change overnight because this, this yeah. is like part of my personality you know it's ingrained in your like yeah. way of thinking particularly in yeah. class and I think like I definitely like I've seen so much of that and I it took me a long time I don't think I fully I think now that I've left school, I've kind of unlearned it because I'm not in a school environment anymore and I haven't been for like quite a while. Mm -hmm. So I think, I don't know, like I feel like I've kind of come out of that. But when I was in school, I saw so much of it. And I don't know what, I think for me, well, I guess it's different for everyone, but like I definitely think that's a big thing. And I think when you're in yeah. school and I think the issue is with ballet is that you go in it into it quite young whether it be yeah. full time or just you know even just like once a week you you know you're starting dancing yeah. at quite a young age and then when you do go into it full time you're I don't did you move away from home or were you still no. living I, I okay feel that's good from, yep. yeah that's good yeah because I think as well like for in my experience and like seeing of my friends and people around me is that when you're away from home I think it not get attached to your teacher like I'm not I'm not necessarily meaning in a weird way but it's so easy if you don't have enough if that's like the only adult in your yeah. life that you see on a regular basis mm -hmm. it's so easy to kind of like want their approval because you know you want to do the best that you can yeah. and when you don't when you don't see another adult and obviously like you know we're ingrained to respect adults and they yeah. like and when yeah. you're still young like you look up to adults for whatever reason because they have you know they've got a certain amount of power over you mm. and oh. I think it's like it's so easy to get sucked into the thought that you know like you need to you know hear that well done da, 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 like mm. oh, good yes that's what like just those yeah. little positive remarks like sometimes and this is like like look back and it's kind of sad um is it like you know in a lesson like if a teacher wasn't saying like it was like the point of the exercise to get was to get like a good rummy or yeah. Oh good. my god, yes. And it's and I look back, I'm like, oh my god, I wasn't even just trying I was to do so it for myself. Or I am I was just but, trying yeah. to get a good. I just yeah. wanted to do a triple pirouette. So he'd say good. 
Yes, Merci yes, that's the, yeah, it is. It, and like, I work the same, or like, I am still oh like trying to unlearn this. But no, I have memories from when I was in like year seven and eight. So, which yeah. is, I'm not sure about the British system, but for I was like 13, 14. Okay. I remember I would count how my how many times my teacher would because we were quite few students we were like eight or something girls I would count how many times she like gave a personal correction to anyone and Mm -hmm. if I got like either either a good or a like just just like literally a correction yeah yeah. and I remember if if I didn't get the most corrections slash like praise during a class like I'd be Mm -hmm. ruined like I would stand in bar and instead of thinking about things that are important like what I had to work on I was counting how many times she would like correct me or correct someone else, which is like, at the time I thought it was normal. And now I'm like, yeah. oh my God, that's so messed up. I don't, but I think it is kind of like, I don't want to say normal in ballet, but I think it's fairly common yeah. because like I have spoken to, I've spoken to other people about it and like, you know, everyone's like, oh my God. Yeah. Like mm. it's awful. I remember we had this like one teacher who, ah, uh, I don't know how to say it, but she had a knack of making, if she didn't, I don't know what it was about, but like she hadn't, if she didn't like give either give you a correction or even just like um, a compliment to mm. the class, like you would feel so ignored. Mm. And I don't know if it's because like, there was like a favorite, like there was like definitely like favorites and like, there was yeah. some, like sometimes you could do a class and get nothing. Mm. And that was really hard because I don't know but for me like we kind of like had different teachers like every now and then like we'd have Mm. teachers come in and like especially in third year we had like different teachers at different parts of the year so like Mm. you know you might go through a season of having a teacher that like gave you a lot of corrections or not not a lot but like they give you that yeah you know you felt like yeah they take interest and you knew that you were being watched in the sense that like they cared about helping you improve Mm. and then we just have another teacher who you could just do the class and it would just be you doing the class and you'd hear nothing. Mm. You didn't even see if they were watching. Like you couldn't even tell they were what. It was so weird. Yeah. yeah. I like, and that like from going from someone who like by most teachers was, you know, teachers were interested in helping mm. me and correcting mm. me. And then like going through a phase where this teacher, I felt like super ignored made me realize, mm. I was like, oh my God, why am I letting this upset me in the fact that like why am I so desperate for this teacher's approval mm. to like, make me feel good about myself like yeah. I might have had a good class maybe but yeah. she just wasn't watching me because for some reason or the other I don't know but like yeah it took me kind of going through that to realize I've got to stop. if I want to get better for me I've got to yeah. stop caring what is going yeah. over what because when you know 100%. there's a favorite system as well like yeah. I don't know how, cause, but my school was fairly big. Well, not fairly big, mm. but there was like 15 people in a class. Mm-hmm. So a bit more. And yeah. I knew there was favorites. I yeah. wasn't a favorite, but I knew they, I knew they mm. existed. And I was like, I'm like in my third year, I was like, I'm not going to let this, like, I have to stop letting this affect me. Like the mm. fact that I'm not a favorite yeah. and the fact that I'm not getting loads of attention and like, mm-hmm. I'm like, I've got to, if I want to do this, like for me, yeah. because I wanted to become a professional for myself, had nothing to do with anyone else. Mm-hmm. I had to work on myself for myself. That's, yeah. I don't know. That's how I had to no, it's, it's taught myself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like that, precisely. Yeah. And also because for me, it's like, 
I'm very much in the midst of trying to unlearn this. So yeah. bear with me if I'm yeah, trying oh, to put worry. my thoughts into words. But, it's um, difficult. Yeah, but it's like, it's not only that I'm so desperate for them to like me. It's also that I so desperately want them to know that I'm trying my best. Yes. And I desperately want them to know that I love to dance. And I desperately want them to understand that I'm trying my best. And and then it's also frustrating because my my brain can comprehend the fact that me knowing that I'm working my hardest and that I love to dance should be enough. But for some reason, my heart can't yeah. understand that. Um, yeah. And I'm still so desperate for their for their approval. And it's yeah. just, I don't know, it's, it's um, I guess it's part of, very much a part of this transition that I'm in between oh, student 100%. and professional. And I mm-hmm. think as well, like what makes it, I guess, more difficult for you is that the company that you're currently doing an apprenticeship with is connected to the school that you're currently right. at. Yeah. So yeah. the teacher, like, you know that people talk, right? Mm. Yeah. There'll be a crossover yeah. in conversations. And I guess, yeah. like, for me, that something that helped me, like, get over that, like, get through that phase and that thought process quite quickly was no, not quickly, but, like, it helped me realise that I was mm. like, it got to a point I was like, hang on a sec. Mm. These teachers, they don't talk to it. Like, my school was in the middle of, like, um, I don't want to, I don't know who's going to listen, but, like, <laughs> it was highly unlikely that my teachers oh, would have a conversation yeah. with like a director. a director. Yeah. So I was like, hang on. Oh yeah. Oh, you're fine. Why am it I worrying matter. so much? Why yeah. am I stressing? Yeah. I was like, yeah. they're not going to talk to anyone. If I want to go get a job, I'll go get a job. Like, I think it really depends like in the situation you're in, because yeah. obviously some people will be at ballet schools and maybe they're in a position where they know they're kind of like not going to be involved with that particular company mm-hmm. and yeah. they might be looking so then therefore like maybe they're going to be worrying less but I think yeah. and I don't know how many people in your class I'm assuming not everyone in your class like also is doing an apprenticeship with Royal Swedish no no so and I think that actually I don't know like maybe internally in your head it's kind of like that whole thing of being like, okay, knowing that like there's a connection between yeah, like totally. you wanting to like kind of work in that in the same like I guess like would you call, like a family like yeah yeah like the school it, it is very company. connected yeah you know it's yeah but I don't know it will take yeah. time no, to no, kind no, of you're, like yeah but right, I think that right. might have to do with it like yeah and it's going to be different then, for everyone of course yeah. And then additionally, I think it's, adi- how do you say it? Adi- additionally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, uh, it's just that, like, I really, I really, really respect and like my teachers. And so it's just, I don't know. I feel like if I didn't, if I didn't care so much for them, then I wouldn't care so much if they liked me or not. But now it's like, oh, I'm really so grateful for everything they do for me. And it's just like, so I just desperately want them to know that, mm-hmm. you know? But yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's a tricky time for sure. <laughs> I think, yeah, it definitely depends. And I think, I think a big thing for me is something else is that like when I got injured, like I got injured in my last year and I think oh. that kind of, and after I came back from my injury, a lot of like, mm. and I don't, anyone who's listening to this, who literally like knows, like I'm, I work like, I, don't, I hate putting myself up on a bit. I'm not like <laughs> trying to be like, oh my God, like I work so no. hard, but like <laughs> I work really hard and, it was I don't know like I think it was like quite sad because I felt that when I was coming back from my injury like I guess the the attitudes that the teachers had towards me Mm. I felt they had changed 
yeah. which was very strange because I literally like I don't know like I don't know like what do you do wrong like I can't help getting, yeah like, no you can't change foot. the like, fact that you're yeah I never missed a day still I was still there every day working in the yeah. studio on the floor um oh. but it was and I think like for me like there was like a like that was like a click moment where I start like I started feeling like ignored by teachers and like mm. and I don't know what you know I don't know what like I was not you know I got demoted for something and I was like mm. I'm literally coming back from an injury like yeah and I got to the yeah. point where I was like what is going on here like <laughs> I think it, yeah and, no it was just so strange and I think like that yeah. was also a big thing of me like realizing like hang on who am I doing this for I'm doing yeah. this for me yeah, I'm not doing but this that's, for that's what you have to kind of go back to. And that's what I'm forcing myself to go back to. Like, yeah. I love to dance. I want to do this for a living. And that's all that matters. Yeah, really, yeah. like at the end of the day. But yeah. and also what I wanted to say with teachers and, and us generally, generally, generally being yeah. so uh, obsessed with pleasing them. I mean, it's tricky in a ballet school and an, or I, I assume in a ballet company as well, because usually the people who teach you every day are the same people who cast you in things yeah and they it can all really, has to do with everything yeah Everything's yeah connected. and it really like it really can affect um what you get to do in performances and such so it's it's understandable that they're mm. yeah, yeah desperate for their approval. definitely and I think as well because well after I left school I then went to do like a pre-professional program and mm. it was and it was also connected to a company so mm-hmm. I'd and then I think I then started to like I my mind had kind of changed in the sense that I knew that I was doing this for myself and I didn't feel so much of an approval like mm-hmm. the need for approval but like it definitely was still there especially when the whole like casting things and it becomes like on a more like professional level and it's yeah like, okay like this could be like my career sort of thing mm-hmm. and it's difficult but I think yeah like you just like it's like learning to be like bringing it more back into yourself and thinking yeah. okay, who am I doing this for me yeah I think that like kind of like will help but it again it just takes time it's a learning yeah. experience yeah it's, that's what's so annoying that it's no rush, like I like oh I wish I could change it overnight but I can't so. no, yeah but that's okay yeah. it's fine yeah <laughs> so let's talk about I guess I don't know how was that we're going to move on to talking about like how you what we mentioned earlier about like putting all your like self-worth into ballet because I feel like that kind of right connects yeah to what it really does about. connect yeah um how like what have you like I guess like learned and how has that been of like not mm. realizing that like you know not attaching your whole self as Felicia yeah. to ballet and like you know being Felicia the ballet dance and kind of yeah, like right like it's difficult mm. but like how have you found that Mm-hmm. I think it, it kind of began when, um, so in my first year at the upper school, at my school, we took this course in like, well, it, the title is obviously in Swedish, but health regarding dance, basically. Okay, yeah. And we had this one assignment where she wanted us to write our name and then things we were to describe ourselves or like describe things about ourselves without yeah. mentioning that we're a dancer. Okay, and that's quite a good task. It is a very good exercise and it's hard. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm Felicia. I live in Sweden. These are some of my friends. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I really couldn't think of anything else besides dancer. And I think, I mean, it's taking a lot longer time than just yeah. that, but that kind of sparked a question in me. I was like, okay, but who am I if I, if dance were to go away? But also, yeah. I think I'm a very strong believer that to be a good dancer and most importantly, to be a happy dancer, you need to have something else as well. 
So that's what I've been thinking about. And that's what I think why I care a lot about, like why I wanted to do this podcast with you, because I really admire what you do with this page and, and kind of, I just care about um, things surrounding dance and the dance community. And yeah. then, I mean, also besides that, I'm trying, like, I'm kind of um, going back to hobbies online. Like I love reading and I love writing and I'm, I'm kind of forcing myself to find other things about other myself things, that yeah. I like. And also other qualities in my personality that I like. Like I, I'm a driven person and I'm ambitious or, and I think I'm a pretty good friend. So I'm just like trying to create an identity that is not only whether or not I can do three periods. Because also if, if the only thing that you, the only thing, if you kind of put all of your self-worth in dance, then if you have a bad class or a bad rehearsal, like that's all you have. And it kind of ruins everything, at least in my case. And I think Definitely. now it's so much easier for me. If I have a horrible class, I'll be like, oh, shit, that was horrible. I'll have to try that like harder tomorrow. And then I go and I hang out with my friends and I or I read a book or I like, I don't know, do something else, you know? Yeah. I definitely agree. And I think like going back as well to like what we were talking about before. And I think something that helped me like get not get over, but like like having a bad class or not getting mm. cast in something I wanted and kind of like that at the time I would get like quite like quite upset about it and I think it definitely affected like how I view myself as a person like I just felt really like I was like oh my god I'm not good enough to do this I'm cr like I'm never like nothing's mm. ever gonna happen I'm not I'm you know like having really sad like thoughts mm. about like dance being my identity and then coming into like my self-worth and I felt mm. you know Maybe you feel, you could make yourself feel really crap real quick, um, yeah. which is not good. Um, <laughs> and at the time, like I really struggled to kind of find a balance of, you know, being myself as a human being that has mm. that like has nothing to do with dance. Because growing up, well, not growing up, but like when I was at the beginning of my training and even like prior to like my full time ballet training. Um, a lot of the teachers and I'm don't know if you've had this too I feel like a lot of dancers have this of like teachers being mm. like oh you know like you shouldn't be going out and partying or like drinking right, right. doing drugs and living mm. like a teenage life you shouldn't have a boyfriend you're going to get distracted or you should why are you why are you eating like why are you like living your life basically because mm. mm -hmm. you have to be focused which okay yes you have to be focused you have to be hard working you have to be driven in your own right however it can become so toxic if ballet right. is all you Everything. focus on for 24-7. If you become obsessed to the point where, like, you don't do anything else and mm -hmm. even, like, yes, expand your knowledge in ballet, read about ballet, mm -hmm. watch ballet, fine, but also do other things. Yes, I completely agree. Because One of my, yeah. you're going to go crazy. It, it, yeah, you really are going to lose your mind if that's all you know. And, <laughs> and it's... I, I remember I just like two weeks ago or something, we had had a really long day of Saturday rehearsals at school. And one of my teachers, um, who she's the best, um, she told us after rehearsal, she was like, I know, like, ladies, I'm so proud of you. You've worked really hard this week. And I know it's been a tough week. And so I and she told she literally told us to this weekend, go do something else. Don't think about ballet for the rest of your weekend, which was like a day and a half, barely. But still, <laughs> she was like, don't think about ballet, go do something else and then come back with like a fresh mindset on Monday. And I think it's so important because if, if ballet is all you think about, like if, if I would have spent the whole Sunday thinking about watching and reading and 
dancing that Sunday after that hectic week, the Monday after I would have been dead. I wouldn't yeah, have, would I would have, have no exhausted. inspiration and no, yeah, no, nothing. And yeah, okay. I think it's just like about, for me, at least it's been about finding myself again. I'm a, I'm a human and ballet and dance is my passion, but yeah. that doesn't mean that I don't have other interests. I'm interested in politics. I'm interested in history and I like, I enjoy reading and, and yeah. stuff like that. It's even though ballet is a very big part of me, it's not everything. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think as you grow, like as a human, you, you know, you like will learn that you will start to, you know, other interests will come into your life that maybe you didn't have when you were, I don't know how to explain it. I think it just takes a while to kind of find the balance, like the healthy balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And it's definitely a journey, but it's so great that you've like, you know, your teachers. Yeah. Encourage that. Yeah. Encouraging that. Cause I mean, it has been like, I did have, I think, one teacher would be like you know girls like and I, th- I don't know if it's maybe but like all my all my female teachers were always a bit more like well some of them were a bit more like mm-hmm. oh you know go and rest like go look after yourself or go have a nice meal mm-hmm. when you get home and then I'd have another teacher who'd be like no go stretch you shouldn't be going out yeah. tonight to do anything and like I've had teachers like that as well, and yeah. I think for me like because going back to what you said I was so focused on pleasing mm-hmm. my teachers yeah. particularly you know in the like the first two and a half years um mm. of my vocational training that I didn't do a lot of social like like I didn't do a mm. lot of I didn't go out I didn't drink I didn't get a boyfriend mm. so like <laughs> like I yeah. was like a hermit crab and yeah. <laughs> like fine but like I look back at myself and I just want to give her a hug and be like you know you probably could have enjoyed your life a bit more and you could probably mm. could have socialized a bit more and still be yeah. in the same position that you are now yeah I, I think th- yeah there's almost like shame in the ballet world to some there extent is. about having a, a life you know there and I is. don't think it, there should be mm-hmm. and it's, it's like just because I have other things and you know maybe I like party or I I have other friends outside of dance like that doesn't make me love dance any less yeah and that's care about any less that's so important because I think like it took me like quite a while to realize that as well mm. because I would think that you know and it was because I was being taught that you know if you were going out and doing things it didn't mean you were serious and I Mm -hmm. wanted to be seen as serious yeah as I could I wanted to be seen as the most hardworking, as the most serious as the most driven I and it's so sad but that became like almost like my identity like I wanted to be known as the like the hardest Uh worker as the most driven person yeah and it's really sad and like I've definitely got and I, it still affects me. Like I, I really struggle to like rest and do mm. nothing because mm-hmm. I want to, you know, I want everyone in my life to kind of know that I'm working. It's so weird. Like it's actually messed up. So no, I, I sorry. Like, no, anyone listening, you probably think way. I'm a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's been really nice. Like this, like last, well, I guess this week, like starting last one, like last mm. Monday, I've literally done nothing. Like mm. I have dropped like dropped it not dropped everything going back to my usual schedule next week but like it was so nice to just like rest and not yeah you know not yeah I don't know like not having to yeah pushing yourself like so hard all the time mm -hmm. and what for me became so toxic as well is that at at some point when I was a bit younger I Mm -hmm. cared so much more about being seen as the hardworking one yeah then I cared about actually working hard and working smart and becoming better 
Yeah. Which is like very, that's, is that's a very weird toxic one. at the end. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I think it's so easy to, you know, get like into that, especially like once mm-hmm. you develop that, you know, you're known for doing this or like, Oh, yeah. you know, she's super hardworking or like she's super driven. And like when people, I guess, start confirming that and be like, Oh my God, you are so hardworking. Then it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, that means I can't, like I have to keep work. Like I have to yeah. keep showing that I'm so hard work. Like, yeah. I can't just, you know, like, and I think that's for me, mm-hmm. like, uh, why it is like difficult. I guess, like, for me to like mm-hmm. rest and like not do a lot is because, like, I feel like in so many people's eyes, is it like oh. I'm seen as like really hard working all the time, and I'm like, I just, yeah, I want to rest. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I had such so a reality strange. check when when I started the upper school, which is the final mm-hmm. three years at Royal Swedish Valley yeah. School. Um, I had almost an entirely new class. It was just me and uh, one of my best friends, Carl, who were still from the um, lower yeah. school. Mm-hmm. And in the lower school, I kind of that was kind of my role in the class was the hardworking one like I I remember like I I was the aspiring ballerina I was the bunhead and you know like and I loved having that you know kind of that was yeah which is so silly but that was really like that was part of my identity and then when I started in the upper school I realized that all of my new classmates who many of them now had moved from other countries and places to train here yeah were just were just as ambitious as me and it didn't mean that they didn't have outside lives they they had other things as well but they were all they were all early to warm up in the studio they all were interested they all watched ballet online a lot and suddenly it was like oh my god because even if you're the most if someone is listening even if you're the most ambitious one right now in another room everyone else will be just as ambitious as you so relying on having like it's fantastic to be driven and to be ambitious but you have to be it for yourself not because you like the title of being a driven person kind of yeah because mm-hmm. there's someone out there more driven than you always yeah and so I kind of had a reality check when when I started upper school because I was like oh ev- everyone loves it as much as I do I'm not the only like everyone is as driven I think as-, as you get older you especially because like I guess the you know at the beginning of like ballet training it's like there's so many people and then mm. slowly, slowly like you know people drop out or people get assessed yeah. that and then it gets to like the final like so every anyone who's like in that or like trying to get into a company everyone wants it as much as each other yeah so everyone's as hard working everyone's as driven in their own way of course like Mm -hmm. I'm sure like some people have a more balanced life than others some Mm -hmm. people are going to be really like bunhead bunhead which is Mm -hmm. fine not you know everyone's going to be different but everyone still wants it as much as each other and everyone is still working as hard as each other Mm-hmm. And I think it gets to the point where you realize, oh my God, like, like I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, there yeah. isn't, that shouldn't be who you, like what you, I guess, well, I don't know what, yeah. That yeah, no, no, but, that yeah. It, 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 it can title. be a part of me. Yeah. And it yeah. can be a part of me that I'm a driven person, but it can't be yeah. everything because I can't like rely on that only. Yeah. And exactly. I think really like now, because we're only four girls in my class. Oh my God. Okay, um, yeah. Yeah, or well, we're four girls who are in the like the classical line. There's a, another course that's a contemporary, but for the classical, okay. we're four girls. And I think, I mean, the other three are like extremely talented dancers and very, very driven and motivated. And I'm so inspired by like their passion for dance. But at the same time, we, we all have other things as well. And, yeah. and I enjoy their company as my friends, not only as my ballet friends, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like a very beautiful 
growth since we first got to know each other yeah yeah that's definitely and I think that's yeah it's important to kind of find you know a comfortable place for you like Mm. where you are in terms of not I guess like being in such a obsessive environment with ballet and kind of Mm. you know finding the outside things and you know like you just said like with your friends like being friends with them because they're nice people not just you know not just in a ballet way but also in like you know you're adults and you're growing Mm. together and you're on this exciting journey you're living in Stockholm like Mm. crazy like yeah (laughs) (laughs) like I can imagine that being really fun um it is yeah and you know just yeah as as life you know and going along that kind of thing as like you're living rather than like okay like it's everything's to do with ballet and everything's ballet 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 mm-hmm. but like no we're just living our lives like we're yeah. 18 and we're yeah we're just yeah this is life yeah yeah and it's, it's i think it's such yeah. a beautiful realization to be like i can have all this i can have wonderful friends in a life and it doesn't take away anything from my ballet mm-hmm. i still love dance so so much and yeah. I still love ballet so much and I'm so I still not only that I love it but I'm so interested in it and I can spend time reading about it and researching it but it's not the only thing I have I have for a day when I come home after I've had a shitty class I can do something else yeah. I don't have to watch more ballet yeah because that I think it's really easy to get into you know be always wanting to like fix yourself in terms of that mm. ballet and like you know mm-hmm. if you have a shitty class wanting to come home and be like oh I've got to watch yeah. more ballet so I'm better the next day which is mm-hmm. like it's fine like it's but like sometimes that's something if you want to sure better. but you don't have to yeah yeah but you know sometimes like watching the ballet isn't if you maybe what's going to make you better is the you know the eating a really good meal after class mm-hmm. and having you know if you feel like you need a nap you know resting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. making sure that then the next class you go into you're refreshed and you're ready mm-hmm. to go yeah and, like it's, I think yeah for me, it's very obvious that what I have the best classes when I come into them excited to dance. Mm-hmm. And sometimes yeah. that will be after having watched a lot of ballet the night before yeah. and I come in excited. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's because I haven't danced in a week because I had a week off and I come in so excited because I haven't thought about dance for a week and I just love to dance and now I'm yeah. happy to be back. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I, and that's the thing. It's just like knowing what works for you in that moment in time and accepting that mm. there's no like one size fits all in yeah. that sense yeah like you don't Definitely. force yourself to do something because you feel like that's what you should be doing even if it's not what mm. you want to be doing like right, don't right. yeah don't do things you mm. don't like okay obviously like sure like sometimes we don't want to uh, well I don't actually know I don't know mm. but like I don't know like it's going to be different to some people but like you know sometimes like people don't want to spend an hour warming up personally yeah. like I need like my body actually needs a proper warm-up because mm. like otherwise it won't function but that's a different thing okay. um, <laughs> but like some people you know maybe they need that extra 10-15 minutes in bed and therefore they come to the studio a bit later yeah. to help them get through the class like there's no one size fits all like I just no, said like no you don't need to yeah I don't know like do because, yeah. do it because someone else is doing it and you feel like you need to you know yeah, do what no, exactly doing. I'm I'm kind of different. Like I really don't feel a difference in my body if I've warmed up before class or not. So really? like sometimes That's so no, <laughs> really not. But on the other hand, it's like I know that to reach my long term goals, I need to set a time, um, set aside time each week to do my four bars and to do my, yeah. you know, you know, like how do you say, um, Pilates and stuff like that, and my stretching to build like, you know, something to build my strength. 
So it's just like different, but maybe some people already have that and they need to spend, you know, an hour doing cardio every week, which actually I do need to be doing that more as well. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it's not like we're all so different. We're, we're exactly. all different dancers and we all need things. different things. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's, and I think like, it's hard to kind of accept that because mm. you feel like, you know, if you want to be as good as someone, you need to be doing everything they're doing oh the same thing yeah you know or doing the same thing or like going down that same route mm. um and you know I mean this kind of ties back into social media but when like dancers are sharing a lot about their like I guess their lives their routines mm. and as dancers we're all perfectionists we all want to be perfect but we know mm. perfection doesn't exist anyway um mm. but like it's so easy to think oh my god okay this person who goes to this school who I think is really great you know, spends this amount of time doing this. Therefore, I need to do it. I must do it, yeah. No. Yeah, you don't, you you don't, don't need have to do to. that. And I think this goes very well with, it's, for me at least, it's a, exactly the same thing with eating. I really have trouble with people who post like what they eat in a day mm-hmm. if they're not same. educated. Yeah. I mean, posting like recipes and meals and stuff, that's great mm-hmm. for inspiration. And that's like, yeah. I know lots of people who are interested in cooking and baking and that's great for them. Mm-hmm. But I just think like, preteens showing on Instagram what they eat in a day it's just when they don't have any sort of like education in the in the subject is very um damaging toxic yes toxic (laughs) (laughs) it's yeah that's definitely and I think like I think it takes kind of all I don't know if everyone like realizes this I feel like if you're a little bit older you might kind of realize this but like Mm. and I don't know if that's just because like when you're a little bit older you know you might have I don't know you've kind of like grown I don't know you've grown up a bit if I don't know how to explain <laughs> yeah, matured, that like, yeah yeah you've matured like I think at the time like when I was younger and like maybe watching like what I eat in a days and like seeing what people post I would kind of, like it's very easy to think oh my god like oh if they look like that I need to be eating mm-hmm. like this yeah. and that's a very toxic way of thinking like this is yeah. not true at all and I think I think as well like for a lot of people particularly if you're watching like what I eat in a days from like young girls, like young yeah. dancers, I can bet you like 10 pounds that, or like, I don't know what the currency, like ten dollars. I don't know. <laughs> no, 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 that I get it, they yeah. have, you know, they have curated their what I eat in a day to be, to look, to be a certain way. Oh yeah, that totally. It's not <laughs> like, I do would not think any of it's real. Like, well, no, not any of it's no. real, but it's like, I think it's, it's not, it's not everything it's not everything and it's no or even if it is one it doesn't mean that the next day you don't know what they're going to eat the next day oh yeah yeah totally or like the you know the day before you don't know what they had the day before Mm. Mm -hmm. and I think Mm -hmm. it's so like it's very easy especially when you're young and you're so focused and I think like this will you know we'll talk about body image next because I think that that's Mm. next on the list yeah Um, I think this ties like so much into you know particularly again with like social media and being like oh looking at the way like someone else looks and then when they start mm. sharing what they eat in a day and yeah. you know we all know that you know what you put into your body will affect how your body looks whether you know yeah. depending on what it is um and so like it's so easy to think get caught up in that feeling of like oh if I want to look like that I got to eat like that mm. but no you don't know the full story no and you have completely um, different bodies as well. And everyone like that, needs that different work things. and function differently. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and yeah, it's difficult. And I think it takes a while to kind of, you know, realize that and accept 
that I think the older you get and the more like training you go through in terms of becoming yeah. a dancer, you learn to listen to your body. Well, hopefully mm-hmm. it's taken me yeah. a while to like listen to my body, but like yeah. eventually if you're not there yet, you'll get there. I believe in you. Yeah. Um, but you kind of realize what, you know, you know what your body needs and what it wants. If that makes sense. Mm. And, you know, yeah. you kind of learn how to fuel it for like a full mm. day. And you know how to fuel it for like a more chill day. And you learn mm. as you get on, as you know, you have to go through mistakes. You learn, you, that's how you learn. That's you go you through learn, the yeah. highs and lows and you, re, you know, then you know what, you need if that makes sense mm. but when you're still young I think it's really easy to get caught up in that mm-hmm. even totally, like, totally yeah I mean but even now like I have to remind myself like when I see people pose what and they eat in a day so I'm just mm-hmm. like I know that's not 100% true like no you know and like fine like maybe I feel but eat, I don't know like sometimes I think like oh like maybe I should just do like sometimes when I'm like eating that like, in the day I'm like and it would be like, oh, maybe I should just do what I eat in a day to just like show, like what, like a very realistic. What I, like, oh yeah, you should do like, like an actual. I'm like, oh my god, yeah. like an actual. Like okay, this is literally me. Like okay, I've just eaten like four slices of fruit bread. Like let me live my life. Or, like I don't know, yeah. like how to. Exp- yeah. I always feel like when I'm eating something that like maybe you typically wouldn't see in a dance is what I eat, mm. eat in a day. But like, yeah. come on, like everyone eats like sweet things, like everyone yeah. enjoys themselves every once in a while like you can't I don't know yeah. why people pretend that does that doesn't exist like I understand no. like obviously like there is you know if you're in a mindset where you are living by strict rules in your head I really hope that that kind of you know I guess like I don't know if that's if that's someone's situation out there listening um mm. it's okay you'll get they won't those rules won't last forever don't worry you'll no. be living life very soon um yeah but like I like it's difficult because obviously there's a whole eating disorder thing and yeah I guess that's it yeah we have to be I mean I think I think eating disorders and body image issues are so big in ballet and so it's massive issues that we we kind of have a responsibility to be really really careful yeah and like and be be yeah be careful about what we post and what we Mm -hmm. say and what we say to each other because eating disorders are so common that we kind of I mean it's sad but I kind of have to assume that if I post something like if I post that I'm eating something and it's very very little food on my plate then maybe I shouldn't post it you know is it really the yeah. end of the world if I don't post it if that could save potentially some of my followers to from feeling bad about what they're eating exactly and that's like something why I you know I haven't really done a what eating day because mm-hmm. or like and like even if it's realistic and it's like me just yeah. being super real is because yeah. I know that I don't know how everyone's brain functions, yeah. how everyone's brain reacts to things. And like, I don't know what triggers it, different people. I don't know. Everyone's got different triggers. And I think like, it's difficult because I feel like, oh, I don't know. Like it's hard because we're in a generation now where we, before when social media was less of a thing, like mm. people would post kind of anything and almost get away with it. But now we are like holding people accountable for what mm. they post and mm-hmm. I guess there's this thing going around people saying like oh you know you can't say anything anymore or you can't like do anything I mean like and I don't think that's true I think it's just like being aware that particularly you know we have social media and to an extent like we'll have a certain influence on people because mm. as followers like you know if you yeah. share something even if one person out of a thousand people you know is affected in any way mm like it's important to like think about that 
like sometimes yeah. you don't but like sometimes I think it's important and I think as dancers particularly around like food and stuff and body yeah. image is you know to think about that because but I don't know like it's really I think it's really it's, difficult, it's difficult like the whole like thing about like oh, what to po- what you know do I feel like yeah. I can post this without triggering someone mm. or can I post for this me, without yeah totally I mean it's really it's difficult to navigate but I think for me the biggest thing has been putting things in perspective and being like okay here's something that okay if if I've taken a really good picture of some food and I think this would be look really cute on my Instagram stories but Mm -hmm. if I if I even have the thought that this could potentially trigger someone then I mean that kind of comes as a warning okay what's worth more my Instagram feed looking fine or one person thinking they're fat or like avoiding a meal because I posted yeah. it like for, and for me that's a very easy yeah. choice to make yeah that's I good. just don't think it's worth it even if it's like one in a hundred chance you know I just mm-hmm. oh no definitely yeah yeah I think I it's think, really yeah. I yeah I like I really like what you're doing with this podcast and your account and everything because I think part of the solution is talking about this and kind of making especially younger dancers but all dancers realize that this the, the fact that we're feeling like this is not our fault it's based on like hundreds of years of ballet tradition mm-hmm. and and it's uh, how do I put this into words because when I when I was younger when I was like around 12 I like I would think about food constantly and I would think about my body constantly and I think yeah. I was fat constantly and yeah. I had a lot of girls in my class who thought the same so I thought this was just like, oh, what it is, like, this is what I'm going to, like, this is just one yeah. of the obstacles that I'm going to have to face if I want to be a professional dancer. And then, you know, it kept going and, and for after a few years, I was like, I can't, this can't be normal. Like, and especially now that I can look back in hindsight, I'm like, oh my God, I was 12. I see pictures of me then. I was very, very skinny. And and I I really, truly, honestly believe that it was normal for me to think about food constantly. And I think if we now can make a discussion about, oh, no, that's not normal. You, mm-hmm. you as a 12, 11, or, you know, even like 15, 16 year old, you, you, sh- like you should not be worrying about food 24 yeah. seven. Mm-hmm. And it's not your fault that you are. It's the structure of the industry that we're in. Yeah. That's who's to blame for this. Yeah. And I think as well, like, even just with, without ballet, like, I think society in general towards, like... Oh, totally. <laughs> women is, like, fully messed up. Like, I think we yeah. can acknowledge that. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, but, yeah, it's so, like, it's so difficult and it's really sad, like, looking back and thinking about, like, oh, you know, mm. your younger self and the way you viewed food or your body. Yeah. Um, and I just, I always, I look back now and I'm just, oh, I feel so sad. Like, it just makes me yeah. sad. Yeah, breaks my heart, my heart. And also, it's, like... I think I think back and I'm like how how did I have the energy to worry so much like it's it's exhausting and also like because I'm still at the same school I see the young students there like I remember I was watching like year year six I think which is like Mm -hmm. 12 year old class the other day and I was like oh they're so little and they're so innocent and they're so sweet and they're doing so well in their class and then I was like oh when I was that age I worried I thought I was too fat to be a dancer and then I look at these little children in my eyes now because I'm older and I'm like oh there's probably lots of girls in here who are worrying about what they're eating which is which like when you put it in perspective like that it blows my mind because now in my eyes they're so so young yeah but when when you are 12 you don't feel that little like I see them now if that makes sense no exactly and 
I feel exactly the same way because I'm teaching, you know, mm. I don't know, how old are they? Like probably between the ages of like 10 and like 13. Like mm. I've got a, you know, difficult a age. Yeah. Of, it's a difficult age. And I think, oh my God, I really hope no one in this yeah. class is feeling the way I thought. Like, and it makes me think, should I try and like have a conversation with them? Like, because mm. I don't want them to be burying these thoughts and feelings no. and not realizing them till they're 16 or 17. Cause that's yeah. the issue. No one's, no one talks no. about it. We all think, Oh no, at 12, no one's worrying about that. No one's worrying that. You yeah. don't know. You don't, you don't know. know. Like, yeah. Yeah. And like, especially because I feel like the, the first time someone we, I kind of like someone would mention this, like some sort of authority figure would mention this mm. issue. Um, I was at least 16. Mm. And people don't understand that people are, ch- children are struggling from the ages of like 10. Yeah. It's just like way too late to wait until someone's 16 or it's what's even more dangerous. Them. Yeah. What's even more dangerous, I think, is to wait until some, like one or two students have been like actually diagnosed with an eating disorder yeah. and then go to the class and be like, oh, make sure you eat enough. He's out. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> it's not it's doing anything. Not, yeah. Take care that's, of it before it happens. That's actually really, um, and I think just, you know, even just talking about this now, like, I feel like I am going to have like a conversation with my class about it. Because I think you should. Yeah. I think like, I think it's important because, you know, I like I tr- when I'm teaching, like I really try to be like positive in that sense, because mm. I know that other teachers aren't so positive about food. Mm. And, you know, they will, you know, they'll ask people if they're healthy or like what they eat. And like mm. we'll feel and other students might feel shamed into eating certain foods. And yeah. the fact that that's happening at such a young age, like mm-hmm. is disgusting. Like it m- makes me physically ill. And like, yeah. I don't know if it's just because I'm at a place like, and this is the hard thing. I Everyone's got a different relationship with food. Yeah. And I think sometimes it actually stems from like the teachers not having a great relationship with food mm. or the body. And yeah. Like that's if yeah, you know if definitely. they're bringing this top like those yeah. to- those toxic yeah. thoughts into the classroom, yeah, it usually makes me think, okay, but how are they? Like, yeah, maybe something's going is- on with them, Probably, and they don't yeah, know, because- you know. Mm, because for what, what I totally understand with you, sorry, I interrupted. Um, no, I just fine. because I, I sometimes I think about like when I think about these things, I'm like, oh my god, these are actual tr- children wanting to like eat less and lose weight for for a profession. And it makes me like furious. How is, how is no one else as mad about this as myself? Like, why are we, why are we not all screaming like from the top of our lungs that this is messed up? And then, so you kind of have to go back and realize, okay, not everyone has the same relationship with food and their body as myself. And kind of, I I try to be patient, but it's hard for me to understand why are you not making, actively making change? Yeah. And I think, and that's like, it is difficult because exactly like, you know, what, like we said, everyone's kind of in a different stage of their relationship mm. with food. And um, I feel like, because I don't know, and I don't know if I'm also like very like invested in this thing is because like my, like I was never like the skinny kid in the class. I wasn't mm. the, I didn't, mm. I never had a typical ballet body. I was literally yeah. like, if you saw me at age 12, like no one would ever think I'd still be dancing. I didn't look like, like I'm like not, I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. But, and then, you know, my body changed for very few reasons, but I grew taller and I guess mm. I, yeah. Um, and I then started to look more like I had a ballet physique. 
and mm. the comments and the attitudes from teachers towards me changed mm. and that makes me angry because my dancing didn't yeah. change no my body changed yeah. nothing else and changed. also how old were you 12 around oh my god yeah so I was young and I was and then you know that made me aware because then comments were being made on my I guess like the change the fact that I'd lost mm. weight and it made me very hyper aware of you know how teachers were talking towards me and I was like oh my god like mm. okay and it's always made me think now like you know I look back I'm like okay but I know because my dancing didn't change it was in the space of like yeah. six months like nothing yeah. really changed except my body and it makes me angry because I then see you know it I mean and for everyone it's going to be different whether they their body yeah. changes for various reasons but it just yeah it just makes me sad because I know what sad, I've gone yeah. through and I don't want other students at that age to be like feeling that way and like, like yeah. you've said that you're you know at 11 12 you know you were thinking the same thing that you yeah. were wanting to like restrict what you ate and stuff like that and I look back I'm like oh my god if any 10 or 12 year olds now are feeling that way like we need to have talk we need to talk yeah. about it. like I can't be having these kids going through silent and then like becoming I don't know like having a it then developing into something really like bigger mm. Mm-hmm. no yeah yeah that's the thing also because if you allow these uh this these problematic thoughts to happen to young children like and if no one stops it then then that is gonna probably evolve into it like an eating disorder hmm. and that's yeah it's just it makes me so sad it's because really I'm sad. also like for me like I left you know when I was that age and I was dancing it was kind of like not it was maybe about four times a week three times a week mm. Yeah. Um. And I'm now teaching there, mm. and uh, I guess it's sad because I'm talking to students that have been there that whole time, and yeah. kind of. And I think a lot of them, you know, they're now 18. So I left at mm. 16. So I feel like I, I left and I was, you know, still a teenager. I was still quite young, and then I went into a yeah. different environment, and my environment changed, and you know, things. Mm. It was more ballet, so I feel like that was mm. more like it was very physique focused, of course. Yeah. Because that's ballet, but. I was also getting older and I was kind of, you know, navigating and starting to understand my body and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really sad because when, oh, I don't know, like these girls are tearing themselves apart because their body doesn't look like the way it did when they were 12. Oh yeah. 16. And you know, they're now 16, 17, 18. Yeah. And all of they course do your body shouldn't themselves look the to what they look like when they were prepubescent kids, because they've been told that they don't, okay it's fine um and it's so sad because you know they're feeling like they need to look like a prepubescent kid again Which because is so up. yeah and yeah. it oh makes me so sad it really does but I think I just want to really um I want to say though that I think what you're doing with this podcast and with I'm sorry is my sound still oh no right? no you sounds fine I was just checking that it was okay that, okay, that good, uh, good. yeah yeah fine, um, no fine. I really want to say that with like what you're doing with this podcast and your account I really think that this is the solution like raising yeah. awareness and talk, making conversations and like especially because I mean a lot of kids who are that age like 11 12 13 they are on social media so they're mm-hmm. they see it all this. yeah so I think yeah really kudos to you for doing this I, oh, it, I, this I mean it's I all really just do. yeah it's literally all just come from the fact that I just am frustrated <laughs> <with all. laughs> like it just Good. it makes me angry like yeah. 
And I know this is not the same thing, but yesterday I finished a book uh, called Why I No Longer Talk to White People About Race. Oh, I want to read that. Let me just write that down. Sorry. (laughs) It was a fantastic book. But I just wanted to say she ended the whole book with like practically saying how what you can the only like the only thing you can do is take your anger and use it. And I yeah, this is a different topic, but I feel like that's what you're doing with this page. You know, you're we're frustrated and angry and you're using the anger to make a difference yeah i mean yeah and i guess like when like older that i say older dancers but like dancers of our generation like mm-hmm. and i feel like we're becoming more open to speaking about things mm-hmm. which is great and you know yeah. we're realizing that maybe things that we experienced when we were younger shouldn't like it doesn't have to be that no. i say that difficult but like not everyone has to go through a bad relationship with food but no. in their teenage years yeah. you don't need to go through that trauma no and if we can save it like why don't we try and save it yeah. like i don't understand yeah. no yeah what like i don't un- <laughs> even just like talking about <laughs> now it's like maybe realize i don't understand why why is no one addressing it's like yeah. i'm i've had enough i'm yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel you yeah and i was think like and i guess it's not even just relationship with food but like the relationship with your body mm. yeah. i don't i literally don't understand like why are we making like kids like yeah. kids, kids feel shit about yeah. their bodies yeah i don't get it i mean it's sad um, it's it's sad for everyone but it's just like when you think about like okay these are children these are kids yeah it, it kind of breaks your heart in a different way and like sure okay like we know there's like i guess to be i guess a valid answer or like you know there are we know that when you go through a audition Mm -hmm. you're going to be judged on the way your body looks like we all know that and i think that's fine to teach i think it's important to for kids to be aware that you know yeah for them to be aware that if they want to be a professional dancer there is a certain aesthetic it's not i wouldn't say it's actually super strict any like it's because very company to company it will vary slightly do you know what i mean like it will vary slightly like there's people like they don't go around and you know to get a job not everyone has the same like size of thighs for example or like no one has the same length of the leg like it's not like to the centimeter right Mm. so it doesn't need to be that obsessive Mm -hmm. right you're getting judged for your dancing but there is a physique we know but like yeah I don't understand why we are making these like Oh, Wait, because yeah. what you're saying also what i hear sometimes is that people claim that you know but it's is a physical art form so it, it's physical you know you have to look a certain way and i i i understand that and and i see that of course but i don't think what people understand is like that's what i want i want it to be brought back to like what can you do physically like mm. and and artistically of course and mm. not you know how do you look in a picture and also what i wish i could someone could have told me when i was like preteen or teenager is that if you are training pre-professionally if you're dancing two three hours every day you're not fat like it's that yeah, simple you, yeah you're you not yeah. because it's that physical that's the thing as well like yeah you're you are an athlete like when you become a dancer and you train full-time you become an athlete like that's not just you like yeah you you won't ever like, I don't know how to explain oh, yeah. it like there'll be yeah. okay like I guess it will again and this comes there's different you know sorts of eating disorders and you might be going through you know there's oh what's it called? like there's obviously like there's a lot there's not just like restricting there's also no, overeating no, yeah. in so so like yes your body could 
change and you you know for whatever reason Mm -hmm. but yeah like you know the yeah just thinking yeah I don't know how to explain it but like you're not gonna be yeah you're not gonna be like suddenly no go up four sizes or anything or like no yeah it's so sad (sighs) it's really so sad and it's like we're we're in this industry where Mm. average is so incredibly much thinner than the actual average of the world so I think that's why our brains kind of work are a little bit messed up in that yes because if you're if you're eating enough and if you're dancing two hours a day like I it would take a lot for you to be an unhealthy person yeah yeah exactly like yeah Yeah. for it to be yeah like for your weight and your size to maybe affect your health but even yeah but even then like if you're doing that much exercise your cardio like Mm. your cardiovascular like you're you're going to be fit in some extent in terms of like your fitness like you're not going to ever be like unfit like okay sure there's been like you know like obviously with this whole COVID thing Mm. um you know a lot of dancers will be feeling out of shape and I think like you know for some people that might be like maybe they're not at their and I always felt feel like this is tricky but I guess like a weight that maybe you know it could be maybe a size or like the way their body looks like they feel comfortable in but it also can be you know it's also maybe your stamina maybe you haven't been running variations and like you're not in that kind of peak physical like fitness in terms of um how you perform but like there's so many different types and I think it's important to know that like like yeah the whole being in shape thing isn't always like how many most of the time it isn't a physical it's not a how much you weigh it's not a what trip what you know how well your leotard fits but it's how well you're performing and dancing and feel you're not feeling exhaust super exhausted after one class Mm -hmm. right but you know it's again like it's really you know it's difficult to navigate and you know we don't know but i I really hope that kind of the conversation that, you know, I hope to have started with this podcast and stuff continues. And, you know, that's why I do it is for, you know, young dancers to not have to experience and go through what I went through or what you went through or what like almost every other dance I've talked to has gone through. And that's the sad thing because I don't believe you have to go through, like, I don't believe you have to experience like body dysmorphia and like, feeling and like restrictive eating in order like you don't need to put yourself no, through that no and I really think I think the past few years are the beginning of the end I think with mm-hmm. hopefully so with, with, I think there's yeah let's cross our fingers for that but I think like it's it's a it is a physical art form and I'm sure there there will always be struggles but I mm-hmm. I feel like just in the past few years there's been such a massive difference made and I there think has yeah on this path I think we're like you know walk going through towards an end yeah yeah there'll be change hopefully, hopefully yeah. I just think it does you know but that's the thing is well like we can you know people have to be proactive about it yeah. people have to like it's yeah like we have to keep having these conversations whether they be online or offline mm. we you know the conversations can't stop no yeah when we don't like we need to be having conversations that make us feel uncomfortable and it's the yeah. same thing about you know race and the whole like black lives matter movement mm. and like you know i guess as white people like we have so much to like unlearn in terms mm. of like you know things to do with racism and all that like discrimination because you know mm. As we Actually, all know, I want to mention. Mm-hmm. I don't, I haven't read it, but it's on my to be read list. There's a mm-hmm. book. I think it's called 
not all black girls know how to eat and it's a story about a girl who struggles with bulimia i've been wanting to read it for so long oh that sounds really good okay yeah sounded interesting but yeah that sounds interesting <laughs> yeah really good it sounds note. a bit sad but yeah not all I'm gonna write that now but yeah and i mean there's a whole stereotype in that whole thing of yeah like yeah there's just oh it's awful yeah. But that's the it, thing. Well, we need yeah. to keep having the conversations. Otherwise, nothing's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only way is because it's so easy to be like living in our own heads with our own issues. But mm. if we don't talk about the issues with other people, mm. then how, We're you know, carry it on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not going to carry on. Yeah. And, and I hopefully, think I really yeah. see it as Sorry, like yeah. we, we kind of owe it to future generations of ballerinas yeah. and ballet dancers to, yeah. to end this these issues here and now yeah and build a better future for them yeah exactly because like will i I mean everyone goes through hardships everyone you know the training's not going to be easy but if it can be made that little bit Mm. less difficult because they're not struggling with a mental illness then i hope that can be what yeah like they don't need it doesn't need to be part of the thing why not why not i mean so they this whole eating disorders like half of the ballet students struggling through an eating disorder way of teaching ballet for the past 200 years let's try something else like yeah we can make it better yeah exactly and oh yeah well i mean we can only exactly we can only keep doing what we're doing i guess and just talking about it which is exactly why it's so like great to have these conversations Mm -hmm. um yeah and yeah i guess that's <laughs> i don't yeah. really have anything else to say on it except yeah. just we need to just keep talking about it <laughs> but like i don't know like i'm i made this little video that will probably be going up it'll probably already be up by the time this podcast mm-hmm. is up but kind of like just talking about like it's literally like a one minute video of like why like we need to keep talking about things like body dysmorphia because mm. no one talks about it no and it's really sad because I like I've like the students that I'm teaching now, like particularly the older ones. I, I think that's something that a lot of them struggle with. Mm. And I've talked to so, it's actually hor- like why is no one talk like you never see anything anyone talk about it. Mm. And I get like it's sh- like you know there's probably shame associated to it, but that's why we need to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same with anything. We mm-hmm. just need like with everything to do with that whole like mental side and whether it be like eating disorders or like mental illnesses. Yeah. Um, anything that's kind of uncomfortable to talk about we, that means we, we need, need to be talk talking about, about it yeah. more if yeah. you don't feel like talking about it, then that means you need like like and that's the thing like I guess and it could be the same like it's the same with you know I guess like suicide and stuff and things like that we need to talk about as young people yeah because otherwise you know that's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. otherwise yeah nothing yeah it's nothing's literally. gonna change and it's just gonna get like things are gonna get worse and it's just not good but mm. yeah. yeah hopefully kind of you know me and felicia talking encourages you guys listening to think you know have conversations mm. with yeah it doesn't like i'm not saying you have to we all have to like make a podcast and share yeah. our voices <laughs> online but i think you know keeping the conversation going yeah. whether it be in talk your family with your friends. talk, with, talk your with your friends i think and i know surprised by how many are struggling and i think it's yeah and I guess like we have to put aside that feeling of like I don't know like obviously I know there's going to be competition between you know particularly in ballet you and your friends but yeah people's mental health is you know that's important it's important so we need to like talk about it even just like yeah sharing things and Mm. speaking to your parent like 
and that's another thing that no one you know I think it's difficult to speak to your parents about stuff like this and it is difficult because particularly if they're not in dance it's yeah it's hard yeah um but it I think we need to I think that will make it better yeah that makes sense I completely agree but yeah we'll see and I guess I feel like this links perfectly onto you know how we like wanting to change like things in dance and Mm -hmm. like change the conversation but also wanting to dance still yeah how do you like how do you find that like what you know trying to have you know use your voice and speak about things that no one's really speaking about yeah and but still knowing there's this kind of like it's ingrained in dance but and it's something that you like want still want to pursue particularly like ballet it's yeah it's very difficult I think I'm I'm have been recently very torn between you know I I I think we need to change very desperately very quickly a lot of things um this with eating disorder being one of those things um but I also I mean I love to dance and I want to be a part of this industry but I Mm -hmm. I think kind of the conclusion that I've been coming to uh, at least for myself is I care so much and I want to change so much because I love to dance that much and because I think yeah. it's a beautiful art form and I think it would be a waste or I think it I think it is a waste because so many young dancers quit not because they don't love to dance but because they can't function they can't make it in this like in this industry that is very um, toxic in many ways mm-hmm. and so I think I think I have to work with these two things, my love for dance and my hate for the ballet world, <laughs> to put it that way. Yeah, I have, no, to, literally, I have yeah. to kind of recognize that they are because of each other. Mm-hmm. They're not two separate things that I have to kind of navigate on their own. It's, it's, I love to dance so much and it brings me so much joy and I want others to have that as well. Yeah, to feel the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I think that's the sad thing and like from what I've, you know, just from talking to people is it's – like it's sad to see something that I you know I love dancing and ballet so much to Mm. see so many people who you know maybe used to feel that way about it fall out of love with dance Mm. for so many reasons and a lot of them will have to do with like mental health problems and you know the way they might have been treated or talked to in their training and comments that were made to them and things that kind of made their training environment toxic is yeah like it's sad and it's not it's no one's fault like it's not their fault no it's the you know how ingrained it is in the teaching and that's yeah exactly I mean that's why you know we're talking about it but it is it's definitely hard to like it's conflicting essentially because you want things to change but at the same time and I think what happened like what I find difficult is that like I want the the conversation to do like with body eating disorders to become more positive and I want people to talk about it more and I want you know I don't know like I don't know how to explain like I want it to be less oh I I can't speak I can't speak but you know what I mean yeah um but then also knowing and being like well I am you know I have to kind of like look a certain way like I have to maintain a certain physique to get work and for someone that like currently is unemployed as a professional dancer and like you know I'm going through the process of like contacting companies and auditioning knowing that I have to you know I can't just suddenly like I guess to a degree like I can you know eat what I want if that makes sense but at the same time like I have like they does for me like they will have to be some sort of like I guess 
oh, I say discipline, but at the same time, I feel like I'm in a place now where it's kind of okay in that sense. But like knowing that there is like, it's kind of wanting to fight the stereotype, but also knowing that in order to, to yeah. I also have to kind of obey to it. Like I can't just go off on my own thing and do whatever I like. I don't know how to explain it. Like, yeah. and anyone who's listening, you you know, in ballet, you probably understand what I mean. Yeah. But it's difficult because it's like you're wanting change, but at the same time, I know change isn't going to happen overnight. So it's yeah. like I have to fight for change, but I also have to kind of obey with the current. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, norm right. or the current what's like I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And like it's difficult because yeah. it's like I, I don't. Yeah. No, I don't I want to have to worry about those things yeah. anymore, but it's like you do still have to work, like think yeah. about them. Yeah, I, I, it's tricky and I totally understand, but I think also what you kind of have to keep in mind is especially for what you're doing with this podcast mm. um, and everything, let, let's say you apply for a company and they're like, well, we don't think, we, we like you as a dancer, but because of this, you know, um, mm. how you say this thing, you're, you're, you're so driven with this project, you know, we don't mm. think if this is, it, we don't think it will fit our company very well is that a company where you want to work mm. and the yeah. same thing goes for like if if a company like i'm i've heard about people who have been you know denied jobs because it's like well you're not skinny enough and i, I understand that's heartbreaking in the moment but mm. if you think about it is a company that would say something like that to someone mm. and that would um deny someone a job because of such a stupid reason no mm. offense um, is that a place where you would even want to work yeah well exactly and I think at the end of the day like everything happens like you know you end up where you kind of need to be whether it yeah. takes two, one year or it takes five years yeah. like you know maybe the first company you go into isn't going to be the most positive environment might right. take a going through that and then realizing that oh you know and then you might get the job that you want in a company that treats you properly and like yeah. you're a human being and yeah. that you're accepted for the yeah. way you look as as your body comes like naturally yeah. or whatever um and that's the thing like it is gonna it's gonna be different for every single person and I think I mean this comes to like the whole thing of like not I guess like you can't give up on stuff like that because it isn't it's not something that happens in the snap of your finger mm. I think it's like a path of acceptance right. in yourself but also in it acceptance of like life being a journey if mm. that makes sense and like yeah the end destination like you know there's not really a final destination in, in that sense no, no yeah um but yeah yeah I don't know it's difficult and I think anyone I feel like a lot of people our age as well are kind of like wanting the same thing of like yeah. you know I want things to change and like things need to change but like yeah. I think, also yeah. yeah I think I just wanted to say um I think a perfect way to sum up everything that we've talked about so far today is it's difficult but yeah because we have to keep going. We have to we have to continue like the fight even yeah. though it is difficult. And yeah, is we difficult. can't just stop because it's too hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah, you can't do that. No, yeah. I yeah. mean we wouldn't be anywhere in life no, if that was the not. case. It's like the amount of hours you've spent frustrated with like your feet or your legs or whatever, like you can spend two hours like annoyed with how horrible the ballet world is, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like that's and that's something that, like, I think about on a is like how much time you've put into something, mm-hmm. and like knowing that, and I think especially like for you know the current situation of like being in a pandemic and you know if you're in between like school and getting a job, it's 
you know, it's really easy to kind of like question what's going to happen next and, you know, worry about what's, you know, what's going to happen next because with everything that's going on, like you can't, I don't know what's going to happen in three months time. I don't know where I'm going to be. I don't know what's going to be, what's where I'm going to be in a year's time. Like I have no idea. But all I do know is that like, and like this is the same with, you know, trying to create some sort of change Mm. is that you can't like, you can't just like, like you put so much effort into it and so much I guess like time and energy into kind of like creating something just because it gets difficult Mm. of like obviously like I've talked about this before like I know everyone's experience is going to be difficult different and you know if you're not enjoying something anymore then obviously you can (laughs) don't do it but yeah I don't yeah yeah, I have nothing I don't know what else to say yeah I think that's I understand yeah yeah but Mm. I think yeah that's really you know, I think that's a good place to kind of round everything up. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you have you want to say? I don't or, think so. No, I uh, think we covered. I think that's lots of things. Yeah, today. we've covered yeah. a lot of things. Yeah. It's been a good ramble, good chat. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can the listeners find you, Felicia, on social media if they want to find you? Um, my oh, Instagram. Yeah. yeah, it's Felicia L Anderson. Okay, I'll put that in the description as Super, usual. Thank you um yeah thank you everyone for listening today thank you oh yeah that's okay no don't worry I have a final when I have this chance I have a final project in school and I have this survey that is linked in my Instagram bio so Mm -hmm. if anyone would want to help me out and do that Mm -hmm. survey I would very much appreciate it I'll do that (laughs) I'll do that and I'll link it in the thing thank you as well I'll copy and paste it back yeah I think I can do that um okay Thank you, Felicia, for coming on. It's been really great to chat. And I hope the listeners and like everyone listening, you guys um, enjoyed the episode. You know, always, you know, share, like, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, do whatever you need to do or want to do. Listen to it wherever you want to listen to it. But I hope you enjoy the episode and I hope you found it, you know, helpful and insightful. And as usual, I guess just learnt came, like something came out of it. That's... (laughs) Um, I hope. But anyway, so you can hear me next week and I hope you have a lovely week. Bye.